Hello and thank you for tuning into Sideline Story, your destination for sports news, analysis and discussions. I am your host, Brandon Yates, and today I am joined by my co-hosts, Yang Guang and Tian Yu. And today we will be discussing the NBA playoffs and the latest news and trending topics surrounding the matches that have taken place. And Yang Guang, I'll start with you. Of course, we've already seen some incredible action and just, you know, some really exciting matches and looking at those teams and individuals that have been performing so far. I mean, of course, there is still a lot of action to go. But just at this point in time, which teams and players from your perspective, um, Yang Guang, have impressed you the most in the playoffs and why? Uh, I must uh, say, as of the teams, the LA Lakers, I um, I didn't really expect them to take the lead against the Memphis Grizzlies based on their regular season performances. And actually, I didn't expect them for much of um, resistance. And of course, the Lakers roster still looks good with some big names, but it was just um, inconsistent from the young guys and the injury-bothered old guys in the regulation. I thought Memphis could finish the series in six games or even less, but um, the Lakers just proved that it was a slap in the face. Uh, I guess it's just the charm of the playoffs. You cannot underestimate anyone. Um, the reason I didn't list uh, Miami Heat as the most impressive team is that I think their progression was all but because of one player, um, Jimmy Butler, who I think should be the player of the first round. I just cannot think of a second player elevating their game so much from the regular season into the playoffs. It's like in regulation, he's, uh, he's a top star, but in the post season, all of a sudden he evolved into a GOAT already. He almost single-handedly carried heat past the Bucks. Um, the 56-point Game 4 uh, last the second equalizing Ali Wu in Game 5. He's a superman, too tough to beat. Yeah, look, I think um, just looking at some of the performances, you know, team and individual, just starting with the LA Lakers, I think, you know, I think a lot of people weren't even expecting them to get to this point. I think, you know, people were surprised that they even got to the playoffs and then, you know, Anthony Davis has been really inconsistent over the last couple of seasons and struggled with injuries, even though we know he's a, re- a really superstar talent. You know, he's been very inconsistent as of late, but in this particular series, he's been very, very impressive. And then, of course, LeBron James is also just stepping up and, you know, proving that he's a clutch player and just, you know, d- delivering some impressive performances and also just bringing out the best um, in players around them. So I think, yeah, at this point, the LA Lakers are looking like a really solid um, unit. But Tianyu, um, of course, we've we've now just discussed the LA Lakers. We've discussed Miami, Jimmy Butler, and then there's been one or two other players that we've mentioned as well that have been really impressive. And in your view, which teams um, and players, besides, I suppose, the ones that we've already mentioned, um, have impressed you the most in the playoffs and why? Um, yeah, like you've mentioned, Ja Morant and Jamie Butler have been performing pretty well in this postseason series. But Devin Booker is also a name that you can't neglect. And in terms of teams, team performance, uh, like Yang Guang mentioned, the, the, the Miami Heat is definitely the most shiny name among all other teams for upsetting the top seed as a number eight seed. Yeah, look, I think Devin Booker is someone that, you know, we've we've known that he's been a really top talent for some time. Um, but I think now that we've gotten to this point in this season, he really is 
uh, becoming one of the standouts um, and one of the the top performers, even though he has kind of flown under the radar, I suppose, in the in the last season or two. And um, of course, he's got a lot of superstars around him, but we will we will get into that later in the pod. But yeah, I think um, even with the superstar players that he has around him um, at Phoenix, he still is, um, I, I would say, the standout performer in that team so far. So yeah, I think at this point, the likes of Jimmy Butler, Devin Booker, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and just those teams, you know, Miami, um, Phoenix, and Los Angeles, I think they've all been really in- impressive this at this point in the playoffs. And I suppose, are the teams to keep an eye on as the season progresses. Um, and a team that we won't be keeping our eyes on, of course, um, will be the Milwaukee Bucks, which I think at this point is a surprise that they've already um, crashed out. Yang Guang, what do you think potentially led to the Milwaukee Bucks' crash in the first round series against the Miami Heat? You know, um, of course, as we've already just discussed, Miami Heat's you know, have Jimmy Butler and, you know, he's just been incredible at this point in time. But um, I suppose including his performance, can you also think of any other reasons why the Milwaukee Bucks are are out at this point? Uh, Yes, like you said, um, the Bucks met a unbelievable Jimmy Butler. Um, He was too much to handle. And also Giannis' injury absence in the first two games disrupted the Bucks' plan making them fall into a really uncomfortable situation in the very beginning of the series. But uh, I think I still think the Bucks should blame themselves for this serious loss. A strong rival and bad luck aside, uh, the Bucks just didn't play the same dominance they showcased in the regular season. Uh, first of all, their tough defense was gone, um, totally disappeared. Their opponent points per game in the regular season was 113. Then in the playoffs, it rose to 124. Look, Miami was was the worst team on the offensive side, with the lowest points per game in the regular season. Now into the postseason, guess what? They are number one, both in points per game and the field goal percentage. I just don't know what happened to Milwaukee, but their defense was totally destroyed. Uh, then Giannis' weakness was taken full advantage by the Heat. His free throws in key moments just wouldn't go. Um, 10 for 23 on the line in game 5, there are no excuses. Giannis had appeared uh, to work on his mid-range shooting and free throws, but it turned out no improvement at all. Um, from his controversial remarks, debating with a journalist at the post-game press conference, you can feel his frustration when he was asked whether this season was a failure. You asked me the same question last year, Eric. Okay, uh, do you get do you get a promotion every year on your job? No, right. So every year you work is a failure. Yes or no? No. Every every year you work, you work towards something, towards a goal, right? Which is to get a promotion, to be able to uh, take care of your family, to be able I don't know, um, provide the house for them or take care of your parents. You work towards a goal. It's not a failure. It's steps to success, you know. And if you've never, I don't want to make it personal. So. There's always steps to it. You know, Michael Jordan played 15 years, won six championships. The other nine years was a failure. That's what you're telling me. I'm asking you a question. Yes or no? Okay, exactly. So why are you asking me that question? It's a wrong question. There's no failure in sports. You know, there's good days, bad days. Some days some days you are able to uh, be successful. Some days you're not. Some days it's your turn. Some days it's not your turn. And that's what sports is about. You don't always win. Some other, other people are going to win. And this year, somebody else is going to win. 
similar as that. We're gonna come back next year, try to be better, try to build good habits, play better, not have a 10-day stretch with uh playing bad basketball, you know, and hopefully we can win a championship. So 50 years from 1971 to 2021 that we didn't win a championship, it was 50 years of failures. No, it was not. It was steps to it, you know, and we, we were able to win one. Hopefully we can win another one. You know, I sorry that I didn't want to make it personal. Um, look, he tried to defend that it's not a failure season, but to me, to crash out like this as the top seed of the whole NBA league, sorry, it's a, it's a total failure. Hey, if you, if, you, if you go ask Michael Jordan whether those seasons where he didn't win the Larry O'Brien trophy were failures, I think his answer would be yes. Not to mention that Milwaukee was the only one of the six top seeds being knocked out in the first round in NBA history that's only won one game in the series defeat. The other five at least won two games. Uh, just incredible slump. I don't think the players now have figured out um, how they ended the postseason such early, so early. I think the, the Celtics now look like the most benefited side from Milwaukee's elimination because it seems like they have no real threats left in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I think it was interesting to see um, Giannis's uh, reaction in that press conference. And um, you look, I, I can understand his frustration, um, you know, at the, the fact that the, the Bucks are out at this point in time. But, you know, I agree with you. I think Michael Jordan will also view those seasons as failures. I don't think that he, you know, would see it as a failure in a point in his career. But I think that if you if he had to assess each individual season, if he looked at the seasons where he didn't get to um, the NBA finals, at least, I think he would potentially view it as a failure, especially being, um, you know, knocked out so early and, you know, um, as such massive favorites against a team um, like the Milwaukee Bucks were against the Miami Heat. And yeah, I think um, Giannis's performances were um, underwhelming to, to, to say the least. Um, and yeah, look, I think the performances of his teammates around him didn't help either. But yeah, I think there's just so much um, pressure on his shoulders. You know, he really is one of the um, the standout players in the entire league. And um, yeah, I guess the season just wasn't for him and, you know, or for, for, um, for the Bucks in general. Tianyu, just uh, beyond the points that um, Yang Guang has already mentioned, um, can you think of any other elements that may have led to the Milwaukee Bucks crashing out so early at this point in time, um, particularly against the Miami Heat that were, you know, just really not the favoured opposition um, against the Milwaukee Bucks? Well, if you ask me, I just can't give more credit to the the key player for Miami, Jimmy Butler. If anyone asks me where you can see heroism on the basketball court, I would definitely recommend him to watch the performance of Jimmy Butler in the whole playoff series between the Miami Heat and Milwaukee Bucks. It's fair to say that he has definitely been the hero in the postseason for Miami. So first of all, they are facing a strong opponent, the number one seed and also one of the biggest favorites in the season. And secondly, Miami's got two players who got injured and quit the series, so they don't have a complete squad. And as his teammate Bam Adebayo was at the end of his rope when facing Milwaukee's tall defense line, it was Butler who single-handedly changed the course of the game. He was burning himself out in every match of the series and turned the tide for heat at critical moments. Last game, he scored, he scored a record 56 points 
not only an all-time Heat playoff record for points, but also his personal career high. He used two accurate three-pointers to save the game for his team. And this time, with half a second left in regulation, he scored a tough uh, layup of an inbound pass to tie the game and force the match into overtime. Yeah, just like Yang Guang said, it was one is a it was a one-man show. When facing a strong team who theoretically has the most advantage, had the biggest advantage against them, Butler were able to score 30 plus, 40 plus, and even 50 plus points. He averaged over 37 points per game and shot nearly 60% in the series. That was just really something. I think whether you are a fan of LeBron James or Stephen Curry or Kevin Durant, you are gonna be full of respect for this man. And also, we must give our respect to the team, the Miami Heat. This team was on a roller coaster in this season, from a dis- disappointing, injury mod regular season to a must-win playing game. To now eliminating eliminating the not number one seed, the Heat just kept on staging stunning rallies and creating miracles in the postseason. And in terms of Milwaukee, even though they just fell victims to one of the biggest upsets in NBA history, I think we shouldn't simply say this season is a complete failure for them. You know, they were they were the top seed, and their performance was pretty dominant in the regular season. Yeah, like Yang Guang said, the injury of their their star player Giannis really dealt a heavy blow blow to the team, and I think yeah, it was the major cause for their loss. Just like what he said on the interview after they were eliminated by Miami, I think it's just sports. There are good days and there are bad days, and you can't always win. Yeah, I think I agree with that sentiment. Look, there are definitely good days and bad days in sport, but、um, I suppose bad days can be seen as failures. I don't know. Maybe there was like a, a language barrier or something, and he was trying to get <laughs> a different point across. But I mean, in my opinion, I suppose a bad day can be seen as a, a sort of failure. You know, as a, as a season failure. I don't think it means that the team is going to fail going forward, and that massive changes are needed, and players and coaches need to leave. But I think that when they, you know, assess the season and go into next season, they can look back at this season's failures, let's say, and work on those, and then, you know, try and improve in the in in the next season. But yeah, I mean, look, I think that he still deserves an incredible amount of respect, and so do the Milwaukee Bucks. And they did their best, but you know, like we've said, Jimmy Butler just produced these incredible individual performances, and also just upped the performance of his teammates around him. And yeah, it'll be very interesting to see if the Heat, and in particular Jimmy Butler, can、um, maintain these unbelievably high standards of performance, because I think that's what's going to be required for them to progress. We need to see 110% performances, particularly from、um, Jimmy Butler. So if he is able to maintain that going forward, that would be Really, quite something, and can potentially be seen as one of the best individual NBA seasons of all time,、um, and definitely his best season of all time. So, Miami are definitely a team to watch. And speaking of teams to watch, we've already mentioned Devin Booker and、um, his incredible performance with the Phoenix Suns. But of course, there have been some other players around him that have been really, really impressive.、Um, ever since Kevin Durant has joined, he's been quite impressive for them. He Seems to have settled into、um, the Phoenix team very easily, which I suppose we expected from someone that is so talented and so experienced. And of course, CP3, Mr. Chris Paul, has also been very impressive with his link-up play and、um, you know setting up some of the the stars around him. And of course, he is a star in his own right. 
But Yangguang, do you agree that the Phoenix Suns are the team to beat in this postseason? Um, yes, um, they are simply the best team in the playoffs, in my opinion. Boston may be the betting favorite at this stage, but Phoenix just looks more convincing. Um, people might say there are too many jump shots and they lack points in the paint, or Chris Paul is too old or their bench is too thin, but at the end of the day, their attacking threats are just too big to deal with. There's no way to guard Kevin Durant and Devin Booker at the same time. It's just like how could you deal with the combination of Steph Curry and Durant. Uh, listen to what Booker said about how Durant's arrival changed his game. You know, you, you can't leave him. Obviously, he, he draws a lot of attention and, you know, a lot of the buckets I scored, I went right to him right after and said, you open that up for me. Um, and, and he knows that. Um, that's just how we play. Uh, then to the next round, I think the Denver Nuggets would be hit hard by these two players. The Suns would play endless pick and roll to let Durant to all Booker face the slow Jokic. It, it's, it's a problem the Nuggets have no means to address. So I don't think the Nuggets stand a chance facing the Suns, even uh, even though they are the top seed. And actually, let me put put it this way. The moment the Suns signed Durant, there has been no team in the Western Conference that can stop Phoenix anymore. But all this is based on a healthy Suns. There was history for both Durant and Paul to have quit the postseason due to injuries. Anything can happen in the playoffs, so that's an aspect the Suns need to work on to keep fit. Yeah, I think keeping fit is incredibly important for the Suns, particularly the three players that we've already mentioned, Devin Booker, um, Chris Paul, and um, Kevin Durant, because, yeah, I suppose they they lack a little bit of depth compared to the likes of um, the Warriors or um, the Celtics. But, yeah, I think just um, if they do remain injury-free, I think trying to mark, you know, uh, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and Kevin Durant, you know, just that attacking threat is is seemingly unstoppable at this point in time. So, yeah, I think um, they are definitely looking like the team to beat this postseason just because of the amount of firepower that they have um, if they remain injury-free. Tianyu, do you agree? Do you think that the Phoenix Suns' firepower is just something that makes them the team to beat this postseason? Yeah, I can't agree more. You know, at present, it looks like the Phoenix Suns really has a pretty strong squad with so many superstars at their disposal. Kevin Durant and Devin Booker have been really exceptional in the first in their first playoff series together as teammates. They have demonstrated their talent and collaboration in a ser- series against the Clippers. They combined for over 320 points in their five games against Los Angeles in the first round, and they have become the first pair of teammates since Laker legends Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal in the 2003 postseason to each score at least 25 points in five consecutive games to start a playoff campaign. The duo has played over 40 minutes per game while shouldering most of the load offensively. They have really showed the brilliance of their partnership. You know, Booker has really been on a rampage recently, and Durant's arrival has made Booker's offensive game even more fearsome. He averaged 40 points in Phoenix's four straight wings after LA took game one, and he scored over 40 points twice in the postseason, who was the only player who can achieve that in the series. It's fair to say that we can consider him as one of the best guards in this season. So yeah, with their star players 
in great form. We have already seen what level the Phoenix can reach. I think they're still probably one of the biggest favorites now in the postseason. Speaking of star players and performances, of course, LeBron James's playoff performance has been pretty impressive, and、um, he's kind of flown under the radar in the last couple of games. But he's someone that is really stepping up at an important time for the LA Lakers. Yang Guang, what do you make of LeBron James's playoff performances so far? Yeah,、um, he had some shining moments, but、um, I have to say he's slowing down finally. Um, in the regular season, it's like I really needed someone to remind me or convince me that James is truly 39 years old, because he he was that good, averaging 29 points per game, with 50% of shooting accuracy. I'm not I'm not a fan of LeBron James, but his play was phenomenal. Michael Jordan wouldn't be playing like how James plays when he was 39. Um, however, in the postseason, when the real competition began, you can feel his performance started to decline and failed to equal his ambition, especially when he plays more minutes. Yes, he can still put up a twenty twenty on a night, but he's no longer a consistent force. You don't expect James to function like a scoring machine anymore from the first quarter to fourth, like. Like what he did in the past,、um, the Lakers now depend more on a collective effort by Anthony Davis, Russell, Schroeder, Rivers, and、uh, of course James as well. That being said,、uh, James' performances in clutch time just、uh, stays at high level. You can still count on him in the final two or three minutes. And、uh, like he said, his experience also helping the team. Keep my body in the best possible, you know, shape to to go out and perform. And these are the moments that I love. I love the postseason. Obviously, I've been a part of a lot of the games,、um, and、uh, I just love being able to make plays and be out there with my teammates to、uh, give them experiences that they may, you know, never had before.、Uh, so yeah, I think James is still a leader, both in terms of team morale and notching point key points. But、um, this consistency. Might be an issue. That's why I said Lakers was a surprise package when they played that well against the young Memphis Grizzlies squad, and that's also why、uh, I think the Lakers won't go deep in the postseason. Tianyu, do you agree with Yang Guang's assessment of LeBron James's playoff performance and his potential performances if the if the LA Lakers、um, progress in the season? Yeah, I agree with him. We could see that the impact, fatigue, and age. Has left on Le- LeBron James, but you can never neglect him, the all-time NBA leading scorer. In a 20-year career, James has never grabbed 20 rebounds in a game, not in the regular season, not in the postseason, but in Game Four between the Lakers and Grizzlies, James dominated the game by contributing 22 points and 20 rebounds. That was really an amazing achievement by a 39-year-old man. He stood up to the challenge when the Lakers needed him. Needed his muscles, his experience, and his intuition. The state and the performance of LeBron James is really pivotal for the Lakers in the fight against a young opponent, the Memphis Grizzlies. And I think his performance has been a lot better compared to what he presented when he reappeared on the court after an injury. He can break through the defense line and level the score for the team in the game, and he, and he can also use his accurate three pointers to expand their lead. So even though his performance was not as explosive as he was years before, he is still a top-level player, and he's definitely the game changer for Lakers. 
Yang Guang, just quickly before we finish, give me two names, please. Which two teams do you think will reach the finals? Hmm. Um, the Phoenix Suns and the Boston Celtics. Okay, all right. I like those two options. I, I tend to agree with you there. Um, Tianyu, two names. Who's going to get to the NBA Finals? Wow, my answer is pretty similar, but I'm going to go with Phoenix Suns and 76ers. Both teams have demonstrated solid performance and strong squads. You know, for the 76ers, Joe Embiid's health would be a major story moving forward. But the first round was pretty convincing, I think. With, the, with Embiid and James Harden, this team's... I think is definitely one of the favorites for the NBA Finals. Alrighty, well time will tell which two teams will reach the NBA Finals, but of course we still have plenty of exciting action to look forward to before then. But that is all we have time for on this week's episode of Sideline Story. Thank you so much for joining us, and of course we will be back next week with our latest topic, and we will see you then. Mm-hmm.